Let's do. Okay, Baruch Hashem, we're doing our halacha also. Um, we're going to do a short and sweet one on the laws of tefillin. We'll wrap it up and then uh, hopefully we'll do our parsha triple header. There's actually a debate amongst the. There's actually. Um, we are we are in the laws of tefillin still morning routine. There's a debate uh, about about tefillin, which one you should write. There's an amazing story about this actually. There's Rashi and Rabbeinu Tam. Actually, they say Rav Ovadia, I heard it from. He says uh, once, like Rabbeinu Tam, his actual name was Yaakov. He was a grandson of Rashi. Right. He was sitting on his lap. He took Rashi's tefillin and he threw it on the ground. Nabobo. His tefillin shell thing. So Rashi said, he prophesied. He said, one day this thing is going to become such a big tamich hacham, he's going to say, my tefillin or pasul, are invalid. Wow. So, he says that, what's the difference? So many people ask me this question, it's actually, one of, a lot of people get bothered. Like, why do you need two tefillin? What's the difference? So basically, in the head tefillin, there's a fundamental difference. Rashi says, you know that there's like, have you seen how tefillin is made? It has like four boxes, separate boxes in it. Yeah. In the head one especially. Yeah. It has four small parchments like mezuzah, small mezuzah yeah. parchments. Rashi says we go in chronological order, which means you first put the two parshas of Kadesh Li, which is Kadesh Vahaya. As found in the so whatever is early in the Torah that goes first in the first box, from right to left. Yeah. Then Shema, and then Bahaya and Shema. The second, um, thing, uh, the second part of the uh, Shema. But Rabbeinu Tam actually says no. Rabbeinu Tam actually says like this. It goes Kadesh Vahaya Kivyecha Vahaya Im Shamoa Shema. But he says we our our custom is that after we get married we put Rabbi Tam. Now if you want to be extra holy, Rabbi Natanelli in here also says this. If you want to be very because Kabbalistically Rabbi Tam is the real one. Really? Yeah, I, I always thought that uh, according to Rabbi Tam the sh- the first parchment was Shema, but he says no. He says Rabbeinu Ta- the only difference between Rabbeinu Tam is which one is last. Rabbeinu Tam holds Shema is last. So it says, um, from what age do kids need to put on to fill in? My brother actually asked me this question because my nephew just got bar mitzvah. So he says, "Katan shegiel lechinuch v'yodel lishmar gufo b'tara v'nekiyut mitzvah lechanchov b'tefillin." He says, if a kid is very sharp and he would not, you know, pass gas, you know, tefillin is forbidden. It's always forbidden in the middle of prayer to talk or in a kenisa to say, like, talk about the Lakers or things that are mundane. But especially if you put in tefillin, it's much worse sin because it's like your antenna to God, and it's like. Yeah. 
You have like 50 different names of gods. Like you have a mezuzah, something that's 10 times holier than a mezuzah on your body, and then you're talking. So it says, let's say a kid, first of all, knows how to like, uh, you know, control his bodily, and he's clean, and you know, very sanitary. And according to Sephardim, even at 11 or 12, he could start putting on tefillin, to train. Because you know, you're obligated to do all the commandments at what? 13. 13. But um, at at the age of... Uh, like, m- m- many children sign, start saying a bracha at three years old, right? Start at least waiting like 15, 20 minutes, half an hour between meat and milk from three, four, five years old, right? Right. Certain things is three, certain things is six, seven, you know? But what I'm trying to say is, this is no different. Now, Tefal is a more sophisticated mitzvah, and it's an extra holy ajit. We want to make sure he doesn't play around with it. But technically, even if, as long as he can, you know, control himself to keep his body clear, not pass gas, and this and that, it's forbidden, actually. So it's, it's very important. If a person has to pass gas, what he needs to do is quickly take off his tefillin. Or else what they do is you could like put your, like uh, like a napkin under your tefillin as a barrier. So it's like you're not wearing it. You understand? And he says he can make the brachan tefillin. But he says that there's only one thing you have to be careful about. And that is that some kids, mashallah, they like five feet, five, six feet already. When Even when they're like 12, they shouldn't count them as a minion. Like we always have a minion problem. Then, like, if he's like in a stranger, if they don't really know his background, then, because Sephardim actually, we don't really hold up this whole thing that you give a Torah to the guy or you and could, they, yeah. even though it's brought down in the Gemara, we just, the, the, the Shulchanach doesn't go with it. Chabad, yeah. yeah, I mean, Ashkenazim do it. Rabbi Moshe Feinstein says you could do it if it's a minion Kavua. But what I'm trying to say is, um, but definitely I've heard that, uh, Already, even like a lot of people have a min- some Ashkenazim like have a custom from six months before, three months before, at a minimum from a month before the father should buy his kid to fill in. So you know he could, so he knows how to put it. So when it gets to the big day, the grand slam, the day of the home run is actually the day that he puts his to fill in. He should know how to do it. You know. No problems. Even a year or two before Tobias is matovu manaim. If he knows what he's doing, obviously you don't. You want to do also what the, what the tradition of his Jewish school is. You don't want to make him sound out like a sore thumb. So I, I don't know if two years before when nobody else is putting tefillin, but maybe you know a few months before it would would be okay. It says hakore pasuk shema shel korbanot en sarich tefillin tchiva. So you know, Jason, we said we 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 say Shema how many times? Four times. One time before Shachrit. One time after the blessings of Shema. One time at Arbit, like we just did, and then one time before bed. Before bed. The first time you put tefillin, if you're like afraid or whatever, you're not ready to put it on at that time because whatever you have to go, maybe the bathroom, you have like some whatever. You don't need to have tefillin on the first time you say because you only say you don't even say vahafta the first time. Right? Yeah. So you don't have to put it on. 
Especially if you're worried, like, you know, you have to say Shema within the first three hours of the day. You know that. Yeah. So it's a machlokis, the Magan Avram. Is that three hours within the ta- dawn or the three hours of sunrise? That's why the gra, there's a sec two times. The second time is a half an hour later. But be that as it may, if you're worried, especially if you're worried if that time is going to pass, then the first time you say Shema, you should say the whole thing. Till Emet. But... Why does Chabad, they read Shachrit at 10? I don't know, comment. <laughs> it says, <laughs> It says, if you have time... See, here's the thing, Jason. The Gemara, the Gemara says that whoever puts on tefillin says, because you know, in tefillin, you're supposed to kill, kiss your tefillin. Okay. The Gemara says it's like you're a false witness. You're bearing false testimony if you don't put your Shema, your tefillin on in the morning while you say that. So especially if, if, the, if like, especially like on a Sunday where some people daven very late, like 9.30, 9, yeah. and the time is going to pass, and the shachrit before you're saying in the beginning of tefillah is going to... Basically, anytime you say the whole Shema and you want to fulfill your obligation with it, then you should have your Tefillin on. You understand? Because you don't want to be a, a, a hypocrite. You're saying, and now this is the real Shema that you're fulfilling your obligation with, and you're not putting your Tefillin. Mm. So it's not good. But he says, of course, it's better to say Shema without Tefillin than let the time go by. That for sure is better. You understand? So if by the time you take Tefillin takes you five minutes, and then like let's say you have to today was nine thirty, you have to say Shema by nine. If that's if by the time you get hold of your Tefillin thing, just say it without the Tefillin. It's better. You understand? Then what would you say when you put on the Tefillin in that case? No, then you would say your Shema, uh-huh. and then say it again. You put on your Tefillin and say, it, say again. it again. Yeah. Oh, okay. There's no problem with saying Shema many times. My Rosh Hashiva actually used to say. That's the whole goal of our Emunah, to know there's only one. There's no right. other energy by Hashem. Right. You could say, to, throughout the day, you could say Hashem I saw a hundred times. Yeah. Meditate on it. Yeah. Or go into the, you know, whatever five you're ever being, you know. Nothing wrong with that. He says, this is actually a question a lot of the teenager and college kids ask me. Or the Balchuvas. He says, let's say you had a big exam and you didn't put tefillin until... Uh, the twilight zone, like uh, it's sunset. You know, there's a time the between. Sun s- is about to set. No, the sun even set. It's called Ben Hashemashot, but before night, in that 15, 20 minute time be- between. Um, so it wouldn't be completely dark. No, so what you? Yeah, but it's like almost there. Yeah, like thirteen. He says thirteen and a half minutes after sunset. You should put tefillin and say a blessing. I didn't know this. Wow. But if you already prayed early Arvid, like in the summer, you know, we pray Arvid very early. Yeah. And then you remember, oh, you spaced out. Like let's say you had a stomach ache that day and you didn't put tefillin. Then you shouldn't say a blessing. I would say that even up to, as long as it's not 20 minutes after sunset, you should still put it on even after 13 and a half minutes. But don't say a blessing. Mm -hmm. So the latest you could put tefillin without a bracha, with a bracha, it's 13 and a half minutes after sunset. Sunset. Which is a big finish, but. Uh, 
And we're almost finished with the laws of tefillin. He says, "Shiur zaman shalas achadat netfilim hu mealech mea amav elech." He says, "If you take off your tefillin for more than like uh, what it takes to walk, like so let's say 150 feet, and then you put it back on, like you have to say a bracha again." Did you know that? Mm-hmm. So he says it's, it's a wonderful thing actually they put in the new tefillins that they put a mirror in the box yeah, yeah. the fancy ones but he says tefillin should not be here should not be here should not be here even here should not. it should be exactly between what? Yeah, that's how you check the eyes yeah. so it's, it's good to constantly make sure he says, even though when you put on your tefillin on your head, you touch your hair, usually if you scratch your anywhere that's like, there's a halacha, any part of your skin that's sweaty, and is usually covered, and therefore gets sweaty, it's not usually, usually exposed like here, if you touch it, you should do netila. Because we're afraid that it's sweaty, and it'll... Yeah. But by putting on your tefillin, that's not considered that you touched anywhere that was sweaty. Or like, you know. But you get sweaty sometimes. Here. Like if you're exercising. Yeah, yeah. But uh, touching your top of your hair doesn't make you cause need 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 to do natila. As long as you don't scratch at the scalp of your hair. If you sc- scratch your scalp, then you... That's why it's good to have a yamaka. If you, if you have dandruff like I do, then... You can just scratch it like this, and then you're not touching the scalp. Because if you touch your scalp, then you need to do natila. And he says like this: Mutar levarech al tefillin sheulim ibnei shalom zevachara. He says it's it's permissible to say a blessing on your friend's tefillin, right? Because if you don't have, you don't have. If you need to borrow your friend's tefillin. Um, you could do that. You understand? But it's forbidden to, to say a brach on a stolen tefillin. Now what kind of crazy person? So he says there's a whole problem here. If you're allowed to borrow somebody's tefillin without his permission. Now, the Mishnah Bura says usually... You don't have to ask somebody for permission to take their thing to do a mitzvah with. Because if people want, actually, like let's say a lulav anetrog. Why would I mind if you use my lulav anetrog and say brach on it if it's on my seat? The more the merrier. I get the zechut, right? I get the credit because you use mine. Tefillin, since people put it on their thing, gets into the gray zone. Some people are not comfortable that you should, without my permission, take our tefillin. So here's the halacha regarding it. Because, you know, in Judaism, if you borrow without permission, it's like stealing. Yeah. So the, the thing is like this. If you know for sure, there's certain people that are like a little bit OCD, right? Yeah. They freak out. So those people's tefillin you for sure shouldn't take. But if you know somebody's cool as a cucumber and he's very chesed, you know, his neshama is kindness, then you should take. If you're not sure, then he, he passed him like this, based on the Benishcha and the Mishnah Burura. Always, when, when in doubt, ask. 
Hey, Mr. Ruben, Mr. David, Mr. Yaakov, can I borrow your tefillin? Now, if he's nowhere to be found, and it's actually going to become nightfall, which is, you know, it's going to become sunset, where, you know, because tefillin, you put it, you can put it on from dawn, which is around 72 minutes before sun, sunrise, till dusk, till sunset. But let's say it's becoming dusk. He says we would assume that the normal Jew, normal people would like people to... Which means, would, would I want in my good conscience as a Jew, what, like you not to put on a tefillin a day because I was finicky? So we could, we, could, we could assume that in such a case, you could ask it, you could take it without permission. But he says afterwards, it would also be nice as a courtesy and a gentleman to tell him that, you know what? I did your work to fill in. So if he is a little bit OCD, he could like wipe it with the alcohol wipes or whatever. Oh, that, by the way, a second thing, a, a few sofren told me that one of the number one things that caused the fill in to become um, invalid is, even, first of all, if you put in extreme heat, if you always leave it in your house or in your locker, because if you leave it in very cold, it could cause the letters to crack. Mm. And if you could, if you leave it in um, extreme heat, it could cause the letters to melt. Also, a second thing is, if you put it on right after your shower, the wetness could seep through and cause it again to melt, to fade the letters. So it's very important always to um, clean your head, dry it very well, and even after, if you were, had took a shower right before prayers, after you finish taking, wrap it off with a Kleenex or like a towel, because the moisture is like. Moisture destroys Torahs and tefillins because it causes the letters, right? Water always causes ink to dissolve. Hashem should help us to wear tefillin every day and connect to our antenna to God. Amen.